So let's do that right now. Let's pray and ask God's blessing. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to give back to you part of what you have given to us. You've blessed us real good, and we praise you for it. And give back gratefully in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted. Hey, hold on there. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. Every chain will break. His broken hearts declare his praise. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is a lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring in power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before him. Our God is a lamb, the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before him. Oh God, we bow before you tonight. Thank you for your word tonight, God. For your anointing tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. I know that there are those here that are baseball fans, and you made a point to come out on the last game of the World Series, and I want you to know I appreciate that. It, it means something to me, and uh, you know what? I believe it means something to the Lord, too, <clears throat> so thank you, and just so you know, I believe that your team is going to win someday. Someday, someday, <clears throat> are we on here? <clears throat> Things that last. We're we're concluding uh, three week. If this is your first time of being out in this series, <clears throat> this is part three of a three week series, and it's. Uh, going to be kind of a standalone sermon in the sense that I'm going to deal with a particular subject in just a moment. <clears throat> but in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, not that, <clears throat> wow, may need some help up there in the crow's booth there. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, three things will last forever. Somebody say forever. <clears throat> Faith hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. We talked about uh, faith in the first series, and our faith can be summed up with one word, and I think you probably already got it, Jesus. Say it with me tonight, Jesus. Our faith isn't a philosophy, it's a person, and his name is Jesus. Last week, we talked about the second virtue that's going to last forever, and that's hope. And hope is a, I need help here, because this thing, I replace the battery and everything, it's just being demonic. 
Hope is a confident expectation of good from God. God uh, and the hope that he gives us is not a hope-so kind of hope. It is a no-so kind of hope because it revolves around Jesus. Tonight, we're going to look at the final virtue that lasts forever, and it's love. Now, the Beatles sang about love, didn't they? They said, all you need is not hamburgers, right? There are a lot of off-the-wall ideas about love, and some of these are expressed uh, in some of the music uh, uh, that we have listened to. Now, I'm going to date myself by some of these sound clips tonight, uh, but they kind of express some of the attitudes uh, about love. Let's get that first clip up there. Seriously? Think about it. Love all revolved around getting a good night's sleep. Went to sleep with you on my mind, woke up being. How many of you know you don't just wake up in love some morning? Somebody say, that's right. Now, the second one is uh, pretty ridiculous as well. Hello, I love you. Won't you tell me your name? Hello. Really? He doesn't even know her name. Just say, that's ridiculous. Now, this next one, I'm going to let it speak for itself first, and then I've, I've got a little comment on it as well. And if you can't be with the one you love, honey, not the one you with, not the one you with, not the one you with, not the one you with. Now, I did like the group back in the day. I had the four-way street album, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. They were, they, they were great in harmonies and all, but the, how many know that is terrible advice? The love that you and I have as believers is far bigger than all of that. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, it says, God is love. And anyone who doesn't love others has never known him. God is love tonight. And so if we're going to understand God, then we have to understand love. And that's why Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 through 20, is so important. It tells us that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, this portion of Scripture says so much. 
it says that if Jesus lives in our hearts by faith, we are going to be rooted and grounded in love. See, all of these virtues deal with each other. See, we talked about faith and then hope and how hope was linked to faith. And then now we see that our faith is linked to love as we, as Jesus dwells in our hearts, it causes us to be rooted and grounded in love and that we may be able to comprehend. We are begin to get a revelation of the full dimension of the love of God, width, length, depth, height, and then we understand, know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. We began to know what has been unknowable before. And then, as a result of that, we are filled with the fullness of God. And not only that, but we're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works through us. Love uh, and God's kind of love is the key to everything. It's the key to understanding God. It is the key to God's power and His ability working and moving through our life. The Bible even says that faith works by love. Galatians 5 verse 6, this is the Amplified. For if we are in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision nor uh, uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Did you catch that tonight? Our faith is activated, it is energized, it is expressed and works through love. Love. Our faith, if it's not working right, then maybe we need to look at how we're loving. Jesus was once asked the question, What is the great commandment? And he said these words. I actually should have put verse 37 in, but I messed up in my copy and in pasting. So, verse 37, Jesus replied and said, This is the great commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And then he said in verse 38 that this is the great and first commandment. 39, the second is like to it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the first part of that command would seem to be easier, wouldn't it? It, or, Or seemingly so, to love God it would seem would be much easier than loving our neighbor. Seemingly so, right? But the Bible says when we get to know God and his love, then we'll begin to grow in our love for others. Isn't that right? Just somebody say, that's right. Now somebody say, help me, Jesus. See, he is helping us, and the way he is helping us is he is causing his love to grow in us for others. And I can tell you tonight something that you already know, it is a never-ending 
ongoing process. Learning to love. Always, always going on. That learning. Somebody say, I'm learning. <laughs> no, you got to say it right. I'm learning. There you go. I, that's <clears throat> and that's why God puts people in our lives. Did you know that anybody can be spiritual all alone? Anybody can be spiritual when they're all by themselves. It's when we get around other people, <clears throat> that's when it begins to get real, <clears throat> isn't it? And, you know, that's why God puts people into our lives. Some of those people you work with, you know, they're <clears throat> they are there because they are an, a, 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 a complete lesson in love. They're teaching you. I, I don't know. I, I was. I did kind of look at them. <clears throat> it was just. <clears throat> well, if the shoe fits, wear it. <clears throat> That's what we're talking about, right? <clears throat> it's well, <clears throat> those that we work with. <clears throat> Looking at Harry now just so that. <clears throat> it's people it's people that we go to church with looking at all of you and that's why you know <clears throat> did you know that that everybody you go to church with you may not get along with all the time you know what some people do they go well I'll just go somewhere else you know why it's because they they're looking for some something else <laughs> someone else that doesn't rub them the wrong way. And I can tell you from experience, 39 years of pastoring has taught me a few things. And one of those things is that if you go somewhere else, you're going to find something, and that is there'll be somebody almost like that person that you left that other place for. It may be people we live with in our own homes. They are an abject lesson of love. And see, God's working in us. Say, God's working in me. Now tell yourself or somebody, all you need is God's love. Notice how I did that? If we get love, we'll get everything. If we get love right, then we'll get everything right. If we get love wrong, we'll get everything else wrong. It is impossible to underestimate the importance of love. Again, he says three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. <clears throat> now, I found something in studying that I, I don't believe that I've ever uh, focused on as far as love one of the signs of the last days has to do with love. Now, when we think about the signs of the times or the signs of Jesus coming, we do think about uh, Jesus had said there'll be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be 
famines and pestilences and earthquakes. Uh, he said that, that the nation Israel will be one of those great signs uh, that uh, is in the last days before his coming. But one of the little talked about signs of the last days is found in Matthew chapter 24, one of those chapters where Jesus focused on the signs of the last days. And one of those signs is cold love. Matthew 24, verse 10, and then verse 12, he said, And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. This is one of those signs of the last days, and that is love that has grown cold. Now, there is an epidemic that is happening around today, and I'm going to, I call, this is what I call this epidemic. Then many will be offended. It's called offenditis. Offenditis. This is a horrible skin condition that is expressed by a thinness of skin. Anybody besides me ever find yourself super sensitive or hyper aware of how others are treating you? I have before. You know, a lot of us, you know what we do? We carry a chip on our shoulder. And we almost dare anybody to knock it off. Go ahead. Knock Come on, man. See there? Totally messing my illustration up. We, we almost are begging for people because we've got a th- our thin, our skin is thin. Offenditis. Say offenditis. And we can be offended by what people say to us. We can be easily offended by how people look at us, uh, how they treat us, or even how we imagine they have treated us or things that they have done. See, we, we have got to learn to love like God, and this means we need to get over our own bad selves. And 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse five, 4 and 5, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. Now, somebody say it again with me tonight. Help me, Jesus. We, You know, we can be so sensitive about how others are treating us or how they speak to us, all of these things, and yet we can also be very insensitive about how we treat others. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how we can do that? And I say we because I have found myself uh, in that position before. Uh, we, you know, we, we just, we can be very critical of others, can't we? We, we can, can't we? Now, I came across this. I, I thought it was, this is not scriptural, but before you criticize someone, you should walk a mile in their shoes. That way, when you criticize them, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. 
See there? <clears throat> totally unscriptural. But you get the point. <clears throat> Matthew 24, verse 10 and 12, he says again, Many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now listen, there is a progression in these verses. First of all, people get offended. Then, secondly, they betray one another. And then they hate one another. And it all begins with an offense. Betrayal and hate are the fruit of the root of being offended. Jesus said the love of many will grow cold. Now, this word cold that he uses in, in Matthew 24 is the Greek word, well, I, I was amazed. It's the Greek word, psycho. It's actually, the actual pronunciation is suko, but for our illustration tonight, psycho. Cold love. You know what? You, now, listen to me tonight. The reason why people do some of the horrible things that they do is because of cold love. It, it brings a craziness. You wonder why somebody would dry and mow people over uh, on the streets in New York City, do some of the other horrible things that they do to other people. It's because of cold love, and it more than often is rooted in the beginning from somewhere there was an offense. Someone or group offended them. If, if we are not careful, our love can grow cold, and it, it brings a sense of, really brings a, a, a kind of a craziness to us. We do stupid stuff, don't we, when we're cold love. Say stupid stuff. We're insensitive to others. Now, how do we stop that? We've got to get to the root of it and stop allowing offenses to affect us. We've got to just knock the chip off our own shoulders, which I did just a minute ago. <clears throat> we need... You and I need to learn to let some things go, don't we? <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 13.5 again says, Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. So tonight, I want you to say it with me. Just let it go. <laughs> tonight, biblically speaking about our love for others, uh, it's not something that can be qualified. In other words, we don't, we are not to love others because or if or for I love you because of this or I love you if you do such and such. It really, through Jesus, what he's working and attempting to work in our lives is his love, which is I love you, period. Not because of necessarily the way that you just believe exactly the way that I uh, believe or that you vote the way I vote or, or you behave the way I think you ought to behave or your skin color is uh, the skin color that is like me, but I love you because Jesus loves you, <clears throat> period. 
He doesn't love people just because they're lovable. If we only love people that are lovable, then we're not going to love for the distance or it's going to be difficult because people aren't always lovable, are they? Are they? My, I, I have always loved my kids, but they weren't always lovable. Any parent knows what I'm talking about tonight. I, I did love them. Sometimes I love them forcibly. Amen. But I love them. No one will always be lovely or lovable. And I know this is going to shock some of you, but even me, I am not always lovable. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 and 21, the Word of God says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. That's what I thought. Wow. You know, in the, but in the, where it says he is a liar, in the original Greek, it means he is a liar. <laughs> I love God but hates his brother. He's a liar. He who does not love his brother whom he's seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. Say it again. Help me, Jesus. Now, that's a very strong statement, isn't it? And I thought that right about here it would start getting a little bit quiet, and so I want to assure us of something tonight, and that is there's hope for all of us. There is hope for all of us. That was last week's message. There's always hope with God. You know, even if we've been suffering from offenditis, even if we've been thin-skinned, even if uh, we have been so irritated uh, by some that they made us want to scream. Have you ever, never mind, I'm going to just move a lie. I was going to ask the question, but I don't need to. There are some people that just can, you know what I mean? But there's still hope for us. Tell yourself or somebody, there's still hope for you. We can learn to love better. We can learn to love better. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 says, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. God teaches us to love. That's his work in us. He works in us his love. So how does he teach us? I'm going to talk just about a couple of them. Uh, first of all, he teaches us through our experiences. A big part of how God teaches us how to love comes through our experiences with others. And how many of you know we have some experiences with others? Right? I know, somebody's just thinking, yep, and they're about to experience me big time. <clears throat> when someone offends us, wrongs us, it is an experience and an opportunity to practice love where we can learn to forgive. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5, it again says, love is not irritable and keeps no record 
of being wrong. Now, when, when the Bible says keeps no record of being wrong, it doesn't, you know, we always hear the thing, uh, forgive and forget, forgive and forget. There are some things that we are able to forget. Thank God there, there are things. But there are also some things that have been done or some things that have been said to us where the memory may still be there. But we do not need necessarily to continue to bring them up on the record to that individual or those individuals. Do you get the difference tonight? We don't have the power to forget. Only God has the power to forget. He, the Bible says that he forgets our sin. He is the only individual who is able and has the power to forget, and the Bible says he has forgotten our sin. There are things that people do and have done in my life and in yours that the memory, while it is still there, we need not carry the feeling of that through our whole life. There may be some uh, lingering sorrow or a sense, but there is something through the love of God that he works in our life where we uh, begin the process of forgiveness. And that begins, first of all, by just saying, God, because you forgave me, I'm willing to forgive them. And we begin to work that through. God begins to work that through in our life. Experiences. Throughout our day, throughout our week, throughout our life, we all have experiences with others that are an opportunity for us, through God's help, to practice love. Now, let me just pause for a moment there and, and just say, too, while you forgive someone, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be your best buddy. Amen. There, the Bible says, if, if it is possible, live peaceably with all people. Sometimes it may not be possible, but you can still, it may not be possible to, to have a buddy-buddy or close-knit relationship with uh, those uh, who refuse to have it on their part or those uh, whose actions continue to wound and hurt. But in the midst of that, even in the midst of that, you and I, by the power of the love of Jesus Christ working through us, are able to release something awesome that affects us and will affect others, and that is to forgive. Does that make sense? I'm glad you said amen because I'm going to move on to my next point. God, secondly and finally tonight, teaches us through revelation. In Ephesians 3, verse 19, it says, To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of of God to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. You know, uh, I know because I brought it up with Pastor Poole the other day, and I said, you know, I caught something in doing this message that I'd never caught before. And he said, well, I taught on that about twice in the last year. And he was serious. And so I thought, well, uh, whoops. <laughs> That's why I prefaced this whole message by talking about offenses and
But tonight, how can we know something that passes knowledge, or how can we know the unknowable? It is only possible by revelation through faith. And that's what Ephesians was talking about in verse 17 and 18, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height. He's talking here about God's dimensions of love, and it comes as we by faith allow Jesus to live in our hearts. It roots us and grounds us in love, and then we begin to comprehend the love of God. We begin to know what has before been unknowable. That's the mystery. That is the great experience of the Christian life, and that is uh, that after we give our hearts to Christ, He begins to reveal to us uh, the dimensions of God's love. Now, there are, I believe, four dimensions that he's talking about here of the love of God. I'm going to just touch on them briefly, width, length, depth, and height. And as God begins to reveal Himself, we begin to get a, a revelation of these dimensions. The first is God's love is wide. There's an old car commercial that used to say wider is better. Remember that? No, there's a few of us old been around for a while. Wider is better. Now, this is really good because uh, uh, lots of times folks love is super narrow. They love people that are just like them, uh, think exactly like them, or are their same skin color, or or a certain uh, financial status, or something like that. Uh, uh, they, they only love those kind of people. But God's love tonight is so much better because it's wider. It includes everybody. Somebody say everybody. If we have a problem with prejudice, we have a problem. Because the Bible says, and you can write it down if you're taking notes, Acts 17, verse 26, that he has made all mankind of one blood. We may look differently on the outside, but on the inside, uh, we have the same color blood. That's the way God intended it to be. It is so weird to me that sometimes followers of Jesus uh, have a problem following him in love. And what I mean by that, I'm not saying that that we're all perfected in love, but it is pretty weird uh, if, if we as Jesus' followers hang on to prejudices about other people. Maybe, uh, maybe their age or may just revolve around the color of their skin. Now, there are reasons for prejudices, and I thought about saying it's just because uh, we're stupid, but But that's just insulting, so I'll put it like this. It's because we are uninformed about the love of God. Because God's love is wide. It includes everybody. Somebody say everybody. God's love is wide. And as we begin to get a revelation of the width of His love, our ability to love all different kinds of people grows and expands, doesn't it? Second, secondly, God's love is long. And I believe this refers to time reference. God's love never takes a time out. Aren't you glad for that? 
1 Corinthians 13 says that God's love is long-suffering. This is really good because it means that his love never gives up on us. Jeremiah 31.3 says it is an everlasting love. And you see, our problem in our living through life is that we have had people injure us, wound us, people that have said they loved us, showed they loved us, or liked us, and then after a period of time stopped loving us or stopped liking us. And see, what we can do is because we have seen that, and it may have been in childhood from a parent or a sibling or a teacher or it could be as we've grown as an adult and those that we counted on being there to love us or like us, may have rejected us or stopped loving, stopped liking. And what we can do unconsciously sometimes is attribute that same attribute to God. And tonight we must know something about God. Listen to me, this is so simple, but we really need to hear it for ourselves. Part of what makes God God is He's different from us. People are fickle, but God's not. Had a girl and I went steady with in seventh grade, wrote in my yearbook, big letters, I'll love you forever. Don't ever forget it. She broke up with me two weeks later. And I'd really like to be able to tell you that that's the only time my heart's been broken. But life and experience with others, we know, don't we? There are times that it can be crushing because of other people's fickle love, and we should never attribute that to God. His love goes the distance. It's long, it's lasting, and the better we get to know him and his love, the more and longer our love grows for others. Can somebody say, I got it? Thirdly, and I believe this is, this is the, my favorite uh, dimension of God's love, and that is his love is deep. God's love goes way down deep on the inside of us and touches areas of our heart and life that no one else may even know about. And, and a lot of these areas, they don't even need to know about. We have all experienced scarring by the treatment of others to us, uh, by things and events that happened in our life, by our own sin, and sometimes even our treatment of others. And there are things down on the inside of us, deep things, that you know what? God's love is so perfect. It goes way, and as we allow Him access, goes way down into the depths of our heart and touches deep things 
And that's, that's, this is one of the reasons why I love God so much. There are things in my heart that God has reached down and touched that I, some things that I would never even reveal to you that he has touched. There are some things I, can, I wouldn't even, if I tried to express it to you, it wouldn't make sense to you that God reached down in those areas and touched them. There are, there are wounds, and then there are other things in, in my life where God's just revealed himself in a special way that it was just, uh, uh, just so God where he touched that part of my heart, and he does that with us, doesn't it? See, he loves us deeply. God's love is deep. It's deep. And as you, we allow him access, he'll touch way down in the depths of our heart. Not, and not to condemn or to cause hopelessness, but to heal and help. Finally, tonight, just real briefly, God's love is high. And what I like about this is, is that it's so high. There's an old song, Rock, Rock My Soul in the Bosom of Abraham. It was a kid's song. So high, you can't get over it. God's love, God's love is so high, you can't get over it. See, that's what's so exciting about the Christian life is, is it, it's an experience of God's love. And I got born again in 1975, and I'm still getting fresh insights and inklings and revelations and understandings of God's love. It's powerful. It's what's so great about the Christian life. We, we may get older. I've, I've gained some years. I'm older Man, sometimes I know that you know that sometimes I look in the mirror and I can't believe what I'm looking at. You know, it's like, dude, how did that, how did that even happen? Years, years. But as I've grown older, you know what, we, we may grow older. I've said it before, but it bears repeating. We don't have to grow old in our soul. And that's where God's love comes in. There's always things and facets of his love that he reveals to us. It's high. It's high. It's so high that, uh, that uh, we'll never, this side of eternity, grasp the full impact of it, but we get to see more and more every day. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't God good? You know what? His love, it will never fail. It'll last forever. Somebody say forever. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. <clears throat> Praise God. Now, we've talked about some things that really do hit probably all of us in one way or another. We've talked about offenses and, and wrong, people wronging us and events and things and scarring in our hearts and life and all of that. And you know what? The great healer, the great healer is God's love, God's love for us, God's love for you, you. No matter what we have done in our past, no matter what wrongs we have committed, no matter what sins we have committed, his love reaches in and says, I love you. And, and somebody asked Jesus, how much do you love me? And he spread out his arms and died. That's how much. 
He loved us that much that he didn't spare anything. And tonight, maybe you've never given your life to Christ or you've been away from him, and tonight you say, I'm, I'm coming, I'm, I, I recognize something tonight again, and that is God's love for me, and I want his forgiveness. Anybody across this building, as heads are bowed, no one looking around for a moment, just lift your hand up in response to the need in your life. You say, I need his forgiveness tonight. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. God bless you. <clears throat> I see your hands, and, and, and more importantly, God sees the heart behind that hand. Tonight, let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray a prayer of forgiveness. And then we're just going to pray love. Amen. Let's, let's pray this together. If you'd all just repeat this prayer with me out loud. You who raise your hand as you pray this prayer in the sincerity of your heart, all that stuff that caused the prompting of your hand to be lifted up is going to be washed away by the blood of Jesus. That's love tonight. Let's pray together. I'll pray this together. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin, for shedding your blood because you loved me. I believe you did it for me. I thank you, Lord that because of that love, I am able to love. You were teaching me how to love. And because of that, I am willing tonight to forgive those who have offended me, to forgive myself for the wrongs that I have done. Thank you, Jesus, that your love is so wide, it touches me. It is so long, it will never give up. It is so deep, it reaches to the depths of my heart. And it is so high that I will be able to catch fresh glimpses of your love every single day until I see you for myself. Thank you for the power and for the lasting quality of your love. In Jesus' name, amen.